So we need to look at when the FBI became the FBI in the sense that we're talking about it here. It became this political police force at a national level. And where you have a political police force at a national level, let me submit to you, you have a police state. There's no other way to view it. Well, that sense of things, we've had a police state in a formal sense since they created this monstrosity in 1913. But I'm going to argue right here and now that it predates that by a fair sight. I'm going to argue that it actually begins in 1852, the day a former Irish Finian radical by the name of Alan Pinkerton hits the city of Chicago and decides he's going to establish a detective agency. Now, from the inception of the Pinkerton Detective Agency, you have the rudimentary ingredients of what it is we're up against today. Because, believe it or not, Ronald Reagan wasn't the first freak to run around talking about privatizing federal services. The idea of cost-cutting in Republican circles dates back to the Lincoln administration of the Civil War. And you see the Justice Department was created during that period of time and the Justice Department was created without much of a budget, without much by way of personnel, and certainly no investigative agency, but it was understood that in order to litigate, to prosecute federal criminals, you needed an investigative component, and so they went to the private sector. They went to the Pinkerton Detective Agency. In the process of doing that, they defined a circumstance that we're still dealing with today, because the Pinkerton Detective Agency was not retained solely by the federal government. It was retained by other private sector entities as well. Now, who do you think those were? I mean, Joe Factory Worker in the south side of Chicago or some ranch hand out in Kansas? Sharecropper down in Mississippi? No, you're talking about major industrial concerns have the wherewithal to retain the services of an entity like the Pinkertons. And so you got this simultaneity that occurs, this interlock in incipient form, at least, that occurs right then and there, where you've got the investigative apparatus and ultimately the enforcement apparatus of the federal government and of industry lodged in exactly the same entity. And the fact that the FBI today serves the interests of capital while nominally, at least, enforcing federal law at your expense should come as no surprise. You find the basic arrangement of ingredients right then and there in the mid-1860s. You also find the basis of many of the techniques that the FBI ultimately deploys in its counterintelligence programs aimed at the American public. <coughs> the first of which was to create a fantasy of a subversive threat to the formal structure of power in the United States. Make it up out of whole cloth. All right? That way, you don't have any particular problem in solving the case. Since you invented it, you can solve it. You can take the credit. You can be Superman in terms of sleuthness in the process of doing that. They invented an assassination plot against Abraham Lincoln. There's no evidence anywhere, anywhere, that such a plot existed. Pinkerton announced it. Then he intervened. He provided security service to Abraham Lincoln on the way to the inauguration. Guess what? Lincoln got inaugurated. Okay, and that was a proof advanced by Pinkerton that he was amazingly successful in thwarting the plot. As a technique, this becomes embedded in bureau operations. Let's consider a couple of them. 1970, you have something in New York City called the Panther 21 case, 
And what was the Panther 21 case about? It was a claim by federal and collaborating New York Red Squad police personnel that the leadership of the Black Panther Party's chapter in New York was plotting to blow up subways, police stations, and the botanical gardens, <laughs> along with several department stores using aerosol cans and enough black powder to fill a matchbox. Well, Macy's didn't get blown up, the botanical gardens is still there, the subways are still running, none of that stuff happened, therefore this timely intervention, even though all of the defendants ultimately were acquitted, was averted, they argue, on the basis of their infiltration and manipulation of the Black Panther Party. Then you had the Berrigan conspiracy plot where they were going to assassinate, or no, actually kidnap Henry Kissinger, hold him for ransom. The ransom was to be a ceasefire in Vietnam. But in the process, they were going to use demolition equipment approximately on par with that attributed to the Panthers in New York to take out a series of escape tunnels so that they could pin Kissinger down. This is a bunch of pacifists. But then again, this is the bureau that coined the term in the 1980s, pacifist terrorist. Now put that one together, and we're going to have a quiz at the end and a prize awarded to the person and give me a coherent definition of what the hell a pacifist terrorist might be. But you find those ingredients. Yeah, it's a manufacturing of a total hallucination, spinning it so it sounds kind of scary, no matter how implausible, and then preventing this fiction from occurring improving therefore that you are a barrier against devastation protecting the well-being of the population demonizing opponents thereby gaining license to neutralize them that's the name of the game 